Daylily. Oh. <laughs> Fighter <laughs> of the night, Lily. Oh. Champion of the sun. You know what? I was thinking about that right <laughs> right before you did it. Like nice. seriously, like three or four seconds, I was singing Dayman in my head. Man, we're we're just synced up ah, like that. That's so funny. And you've entered the synchronization yes, by welcome. joining us on the welcome. Wild Edible World. There's podcast. no way out now. <laughs> no way out. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Michael. And I am Steve, if you haven't guessed it. This is episode Daylily. Yeah, Daylily. Uh What's the, let me get the scientific binomial here, because I have to read it every time. Hemerocallus fulva, F-U-L-V-A. So this is a really commonly known plant, I think. Um, It's very commonly seen. Yeah. And there are also tons of cultivars of it. Sure. Um, So it's kind of a, a frequent garden plant, but there are a little bit of caveats with this plant, aren't there? There are a couple. So, some people get kind of sick off of it. Um, regardless, so, like, we've been doing a lot of reading. One of my favorite sources that I have personally on the topic is the book Forage, Harvest, Feast by Marie Viljoen. And, um, first she, of all, beautiful book. Beautiful book. Yeah, Holy absolutely. Holy shit, beautiful. Yeah, the photography, the writing, um, honestly, it's, it's really a nice piece. Um, she's in New York and does, like, mm-hmm. foraging walks. I, uh, she's inspired me a lot, but, um, she goes really deep in her book. So if that's, that's just a recommendation I want to start with that if this is interesting to you, we're just going to kind of generally glaze over it, um, with a couple of the important factors that you need to know, but she does kind of go a little bit in depth, um, as far as like chemicals and location gives you great little hints on, uh, identification and whatnot. Yeah. Lots of specific stuff. Um, and then on top of it, wonderful recipes, following it um, gorgeous recipes beautiful photos man whoever yeah. took these photos is just just winning yeah that's that's a good point i'm not sure if she did or but uh yeah kudos to the photographer yeah you'll have to check out the book to find out exactly yeah, yeah. um usually on sale check out her instagram as well because she actually uh will often if you dm her she'll give you like a discount code that's how i bought it is nice. i just like dm'd her and she gave me a code for like 20 percent off or something like that so that's awesome uh yeah it never hurts to like reach out the to the author to show a little bit of appreci- appreciation for this type of work but to get into the meat of things, let's talk about Daylily, what it looks like, right? Yeah. So this is the beginning of spring, like right on the cusp. Mm-hmm. We're still getting frost at night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but we're still on the edge right now that a lot of these earliest plants are just starting to poke their heads out. Yeah. The first ones you're going to see among them are going to be the Daylily, which is why they are a popular choice among gardeners. Yeah, one of the first things to pop up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're resilient. Mm-hmm. And so they all look pretty similar right off the bat, like when they're starting as sprouts. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of, uh, they're, they're uh, like if you take a, a rose flower, made it really long, and then squished it flat. And then I feel like that's kind of how like daylilies grow out. So they're two-prong uh, sprouts, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like growing within two, two Vs, thin V-shaped leaves, and then they kind of grow within each other. I, I, that's probably not the... Does that make sense to you? It makes sense to me, but I'm also staring at a You're picture also, of one. <laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking. Like, maybe yeah, yeah. I could have been more creative if uh, I wasn't looking crazy, at it. Crazy idea, just Google it, um, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Do it right now. 
wait, well, wait a second. Yeah, you see? Yeah, you got to know, right? Yeah, that's exactly what Michael just described. Um, exactly. So, um, but I think what we usually start with traditionally would be the most recognizable part of the plant. Mm-hmm. And I would say, honestly, the early sprouts are going to be one of them. True. Um, but also the important thing with daylilies is the flower. Yeah. So it's got to be the uh, the orange flower. So, I mean... Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's even called ditch lily. Like it's just kind of this orange lily flower that you're going to find sprouting. I mean, they grow like four feet tall, right? Yeah. Like they're pretty tall. Oh yeah, super tall. And uh, big flowers, probably around four inches across sure. from tip to tip. Um, but let's let me take a quick look at the flowers. We got six petals, and they're kind of layered on top of each other, like yeah, so the leaves the, are. Yeah, so three steep uh, sepals and three petals. So it looks like six petals, but it's in all actuality, it's three petals, three sepals. Thank you. Which is like a little baby petal. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And that's, well, that's important too. Oh, it's yeah, super, absolutely. super important. That's a big identifier. For Very sure. good point. Thank you for the corrections. Uh, slightly recurved leaves. So the leaves will just, just ever so slightly recurve back. This is an important identification because tiger lilies, uh, which mm-hmm. are true lilies, um, are fully recurved. They're, the leaves almost touch the stem. So that's like big. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And those, that's, so that's really curved. Back. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, and tiger lilies are toxic, right? Yes. They will make yeah. you sick you don't and eat ill those. if you eat them. Um, so will most of the cultivars that you find in gardens. So if people have intentionally planted them, chances are they're going to be the garden variety and they're most likely going to make you sick. Um, there are other instances where it's kind of like uh, you can find places where uh, even the normal uh, dailies will make you sick. That's one of the things kind of detailed in this book is like sometimes it can be kind of location based, but it seems kind of random. Mm-hmm. So uh, try it. Try a little bit at first. But um, I think uh, as far as edible parts of the plant goes, it's pretty thorough you can eat the flower you can eat the shoots you can eat the roots which are tubers yes um so they're actually full the the tubers i think are the most fun part of the plant um most people begin with uh pickling the flowers because Mm -hmm. that's probably when you're going to notice them for the first time and you there's uh they they send multiple flowers at once. So if you have one blooming, chances are there's going to be several underneath it that are just slightly less developed and are going to be, I think, the prime pickling stage, right? For so that sure. I haven't had them pickled. And, no, I haven't but either. You, you haven't? No, no, no. Oh, so how have you, how have you enjoyed them? Just sautéed or fresh. like uh, The buds? Yeah, or, the buds. The buds or the uh, the flowers are great, just fresh. Awesome. Uh, if you If you do find the shoots, those are wonderful just on their own. Um, lettucey kind of texture once they get past that stage once they get where you're finding buds or flowers uh, the leaves are a little bit too fibrous Um, Mm -hmm. but the rest I mean the flowers and buds are are great Um, almost like a green beanie uh, texture yeah um, assuming you don't cook the shit out of them yeah Uh, you know (laughs) yeah definitely yeah and the uh, you know daylily flower pickles um, tastes just like pickles, except again with that kind of like fresh green beanie vegetal. Um, I want to do that. Wrapped. I want to try that. Yeah, like, it's really right awesome. Now. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Well, you got to wait a couple months. Now, Dave, but, um, let me let's let's look at what uh, Marie described the flavor profile as. Do you oh, remember that, that it was? Like, I, I, don't, I don't recall exactly what it was, but this is <laughs> worth right. looking up. Yeah, it's it was, uh, 
Green bean meets white asparagus by way of leek. Yeah, so so the uh, like a green bean and a white asparagus took a trip through Leak Town. <laughs> yeah, with, and yeah, just like left with like leaks all over their shoes. Exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's they're 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 pretty cool. Um, and as far as like the tubers, they're starchy and are can be cooked like potatoes. Um, so you basically just clean them off and then uh, you know boil them like yeah. you would a normal potato sure then you can eat them like that or and then you can brown them as in the pan as well uh, i think uh hand grown hand foraged uh, did a video of that recently and, and they're nice and small so like they, they, sure. they yeah they're they about the size them, of your thumb yeah they lend themselves really well to like uh you know pan frying or something mm-hmm. like that. yeah like yeah. uh just a little bit smaller than fingerling potatoes i'd yeah, say yeah absolutely um so and i think ton of them if, you've, if sure. you've if you ever harvested harvested them yourself you pull this plant up from the ground or more than likely this massive plant um because they are uh the reason that they are so uh prolific is because their their rhizomes are just like wild man I, I wish ramps had those rhizomes we would just be drowning in ramps and it would be delicious oh yeah um, but uh yeah yeah plentiful so i think sure. that's an interesting point though that you bring up is that uh they uh spread rhizomatically um, yeah. So they don't have any seed producing parts, I don't think. Yeah, not not this. Yeah, not not this. <laughs> so variety. that's an important distinction too. Um, like, because uh, we talk frequently about foraging throughout the year, and mm-hmm. even if a plant isn't in season, you're still observing it, learning it, and making sure that it is what you think it is, yeah. or that you know that this other plant isn't. Um, you know, it's all learning throughout the entire year. So I think that's an important distinction later on in the year when you aren't eating the plant. I guess we should say that they don't produce viable seeds because they do produce seeds, just not any that will result in plants. So they're, uh, I forget the term. Good point. Yeah. I, I forget the term, but you guys know what I mean. Correct. Yeah. I was, I was misspeaking a little yeah. bit. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, with that, I think that'll close out our first half. Yeah. I, th- I think just what one last well, thing oh, while uh, just cause I'm thinking about this popped up in mind, tiger lilies, uh, big distinction. Tiger lilies will have leaves up their stem, whereas the day lily are basal. So, uh, they yes. will, ha- they will only have, uh, leaves coming from the stem. And by the time you find the flowers, they will be long and woody. Uh, and you know, they have some uses in bushcraft like cordage and whatnot. Yeah. That, that's how fibrous they are, but they're not edible. Steve, saving the show once again. Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome distinction. Um, Cool. Yeah. Now, second half. With your permission. Yes. All right. Cool. I... What's wrong, buddy? Well, I just realized this mushroom supplement I bought isn't actually made with mushrooms. It's made with something called myceliated grain? Myceliated grain? Oh, oh no! no! I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, but myceliated grain is a sure sign of a poor-quality mushroom supplement. Well, dang. I wanted mushrooms, not brown rice. What should I do? Well, you should support a small-batch producer from right here in the Midwest. Kiwino Apothecary. Kiwino Apothecary? Tell me more. Kiwina Apothecary specializes in high-quality mushroom extracts from Michigan, and they always use real mushrooms, never, never, never myceliated grain. That sounds like exactly what I've been looking for. Where can I order? Well, you can find them at kiwinaapothecary.com.
Etsy.com. That's K-E-W-E-E-N-A-W, apothecary.etsy.com. Be sure to read their many excellent reviews. Thanks, buddy. I don't want no low-quality mushroom products from a factory. I want Kiwino Apothecary. Wowie, wow! Oh, hey, Steve. Oh, hey, Mike. Well, what's wrong, buddy? Well, I, I just got this new water bottle, but it just looks so plain. Well, have I got the store for you. Introducing the Wild Edible World Podcast Merch Store. Wowie, wow! It's the merch store where you can get all of your favorite podcasts merch for all your decorating purposes. How do I find that? Go to wildediblewordpod.shopify.com or go to any of our Instagram and media accounts and view the link in the bio. Wowie, wow! Welcome back to the second half of the Wild Edible World podcast. If you haven't had a chance yet, check out that Chicago or Outsider Chicago mm-hmm. little thing we got going on yep. next month. Event, beer tasting, and a wild food pairing. On Earth Day. On Earth Day. Oh, all days. Yep. April 22nd this year? Yeah, 22nd. 22nd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not this year, but just also every year, actually. Yeah, that's when Earth Day is. Yeah, it's yeah. the day. Um, so I just want to start off the second half with clarifying um, a little bit about the toxicity of daylilies. Um, and I'll honestly kind of read a few, just like one little excerpt at the very end of uh, Marie's section on daylilies to basically summarize that uh, people in Asia have been eating daylily and around the world, but specifically well-known in Asia for many, 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 many years, mm-hmm. thousands of years, yes. and that most of the poisonings have happened, some of which have been fatal, but have also happened in Asia, where there are also a lot more uh, distinctions, and it's associated um, with a specific species of uh, flower that daylily may or may not have. We don't actually know. Mm-hmm. So a pretty common practice um, to make sure things are safe is to soak the flowers, especially uh, the tubers and the flowers. They soak them in water and um, also pull out the, uh, let me make sure I'm using the right botanical term. They remove the antler, anthers and piston, pins. Anthers and pistons. Pistols. Yeah, kapu kapu. They remove their anthers and pistols. And um, it's been studied in China for a long time. And they may or not, they may not be in there, but it might leach the plant of other um, compounds that we're not sure of. So it's just kind of a way of being sure. And this this person, this uh, forager that she references has done it and eaten daylilies for a really long time with then, absolutely no problem. And then just generally speaking, use your best common sense with roadside daylilies and things like that. If you're in a high traffic area, don't eat them. Yes. Uh, maybe anyway, especially, you know, after reading this or hearing this, uh, soak them for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't thoroughly yeah, wash something. Yeah. 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 It's not, I mean, it's going to take a couple extra minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Good yeah, tip. just wanted Great to clarify tip. that. Choose your daylilies very carefully and avoid any cultivars. Mm-hmm. Place is important. 
excuse me, as well. But um, let's move on to the nutrition because uh, I think uh, Steve is ready. Yeah, me. I got him. So uh, per 100 grams per use, um, about 42 calories, not a ton, as they are, you know, like a leafy sort. Um, two grams of protein. That's pretty good. Do we know what this, what part of the plant this is sampling? Uh, let me see. I do. Wait. I do not. Okay. So this is most likely flowers. Since I would say I, flowers. Yeah. Because yeah. the tubers aren't very well. I don't think very thoroughly studied. Yeah, so. I'm sure they're. Okay. I'm sure they're, This is most likely flowers. Um, a little bit of phosphorus. A uh, little bit of calcium. Pretty decent amount of vitamin A. Uh, and then, and there's a few other. Um, nutrients that are just like, uh, you know, solid. Sure. Um, uh, potassium, niacin, riboflavin, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's not a superfood, quote unquote, superfood by no. any means, but it's delicious and it is nutritious. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a, it's a beautiful garnish. It's a beautiful flower. Um, it's and been, it's been used in Asia as like a, uh, like a blood purifier. Hmm. Um, there was a, a couple other things that I was reading, uh, <laughs> to lessen hemorrhoids. Oh, yes. So, uh, I, yes, it's, it's a suppository. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things uh, that are tied in along with blood purification. Sure. Or um, Chinese medicine too, sure, and, exactly. which is not something that we need to necessarily go into on this show. Sure. Um, so, but just the fact that it is well known that it's been eaten for a very long time. Um, just want to make sure that like, yeah, it's still fun to eat. It's delicious. You can uh, take the flowers and like stuff them with like a cream cheese mix or whatever, and then yeah. like bread it and fry it, and it's for like sure. a really cool like little pouch for eating. You can pick the bud, pickle the buds. Yeah, I mean, similar to how you would treat like a squash blossom. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, almost exactly like how yeah. you would treat a squash blossom, except for the like prior treatment of like soaking and preparing beforehand. But mm-hmm. I think that's a really good comparison of squash blossom. Um, let's. Uh, Check out a few of these, um, highlight, it, highlight a few of these recipes in this book, just to give you an idea on how yeah, Miss Marie them. has used them. Some of them are kind of silly, but uh, that you kind of expect to see, honestly, as a person who has read a lot of wild food recipe books, some of them are just like, slice it up, put some salt on it, and roast it in the oven, and now you've got fries. And that's mm-hmm. just fucking hilarious to me sometimes. But I do like um, her effort here. Um, she does have like eight to ten recipes just for daylilies, um, from tubers to flowers. And the first one that I came across that caught my eye were the daylily hash browns. Heck yeah. Which is like... As you said earlier, you had me at hash browns. Yeah, <laughs> I feel the exact same way. Um, daylily bud pickles, which we already talked about. Um, but also a daylily salad. Um, she highlights just kind of like throwing the flour in there raw, um, which doesn't look like she soaked them or uh, removed the pistils. But looks tasty. Okay. Still looks I'll eat it right now. Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah exactly. I I saw a video of of someone making syrup from from the daylily flowers, similar how similar to how we would make like a. Um, like a violet syrup or something along those lines. You can do that with a lot of different floral things. So she has a nice little tip here that I haven't seen before, actually, about dried daylilies. So um, she says about one day after blooming, they start to wither anyway. Um, So you collect them then and just kind of let them dry, air Mm -hmm. dry normally. And then she puts them in a jar 
And she says they last for about a year with good flavor. And whenever you open the jar, it smells like chocolate. Ooh. And then she says freakishly, they actually impart some of that flavor whenever you add them to dishes as well. That sounds great. So I've never actually dried any of the flowers. So I will be trying that. Add them to soups and stews where you need more substance. In moist heat, they become silky in texture. So yeah, they're just a really fun ingredient to work with, I think. And plentiful. Very plentiful, yeah. yeah. So um, I, when I run into them out in nature, I don't often find them in clumps. Uh, I have found a few solitary, uh, solitary, bo- yeah, friendos. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. I've been, so I've been able to sample some here and there, but honestly, I have not been able to collect like a huge bunch and really kind of see like, does it give me the toots? Uh, do I have that big of a sense? Because maybe I just haven't eaten enough. I don't know. I've only had little snacky poos. And and there's there's some uh, literature to that that speaks to that that any too much of anything is bad for you. So maybe it's the concentration of uh, of flowers that causes the distress yeah sure yeah and sometimes it's not illness it is just distress like oh you got some belly cramps because your gut's pushing around a little bit more gas than usual or something you know it's not the end of the world exactly but uh yeah i hope we provided enough pretense for you all to at least uh safely continue learning and uh collect some daylily and try it out for yourselves give it a whirl man yeah a little at a time to make sure but um yeah i think you've got a good chance at enjoying something new and fun and it's available now so where you can where we can find this so let's let's talk about the habitable range so as far as i know we have uh an eastern daylily or let me check the habitable range because okay so it's got growing ranges from all the way up from growing zone four which i'm still kind of learning my gardening zones but that's like like, canada right that's yeah that's like canada halifax nova scotia like yeah it's it's pretty high up there and then all the way down to zone nine which should be mexico or is that not that far down? Probably in there. Yeah, probably. In I there. can't visualize the map. Yeah. So, but mean, it, it goes pretty far south. It's safe to say that if you're within the United States, yeah. it is within its habitable range for sure, and uh, you might be able to find it. So, yeah, hopefully, if working upon the Google search you did in the previous half and seeing what it looks like, or with my wondrous. Uh, you know, imaginative description, uh, bringing <laughs> bringing the plant to life in your mind through my voice, which almost definitely didn't happen. But if it did, reach out. Let me know. <laughs> uh, but I think I think we're good with uh, daylily for now. I think we're good. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to dig some up and try some. I think we um, should make some of these, and we'll post yeah. it on the post it on the social media. Yep. Make some of these pickles, maybe those hash browns. Mm-hmm. Maybe do a little bonus episode where we're sampling some of this yeah, stuff. I like it. Okay, we should probably. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for learning with us, guys. Uh, this has been the best podcast where you can find the best food for free. <laughs> <laughs>